Okay, so it is uh, Wednesday afternoon, 1 o'clock. Yes. Means yeah. it's time for Post to Post. Post to Post, yes. Get to talk, uh, talk uh, one hour of local sports, if we can dig up uh, an hour of local sports. Yeah. It's that time of the year where a lot of in-between it's stuff in between, is going yeah. on, right? All the spring stuff is still finished, and there's some summer stuff going, but not a lot. Well, uh, of course, baseball, the, yes. the biggest uh, biggest one, yeah. and we've been watching Jared Young yes. in the majors. and. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, a few days off and now has some more days off because he didn't play on. Uh, well, he played the last game yes, the Cubs had before the All Star break. Yeah, uh, but the two before that he did not uh, suit up. No. Well, I'm sure he was on the bench in yeah, case they just needed a in case. pinch hitter because pinch hitter uh, or, or in his case even a pinch runner possibly. Oh, for sure, he's got yeah. some speed. They they could have uh, thrown him in for that as well, uh, but he did get a hit his last. I yep. think it was even his last at bat, quite possibly uh, in the last game. Yep. So hopefully, a uh, bit of a break for him to relax and then get psyched up for the second half, as yep. it were. And quite probably, he was also spent a fair bit of time at the uh, at Wrigley Field, their facilities, just getting in some extra training. Yeah, well, sure, why not? Yeah, but uh, so coming out of the All Star break, he's hitting two hundred. Yeah. On base average of 273, slugging percentage of 433. Six hits, three of them for extra bases, though. Two doubles, or two triples and a home run. Yeah, well, that was his first three games. Yes. He hit the ground running big time in the in the majors. Yeah, I think until he got that hit on Sunday then, he was 0 for July, I think I saw on the one chart where they show you how they do each month. Yeah. But he does have two stolen bases. And he does only have the one air still in his games at first base. He's played nine games there, eight as a starter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so again, as you say, yeah, it's slowed down a bit for him. But interesting to see, I believe they come out of the All-Star break tomorrow, most of the teams. So it'll be interesting to see if he is in the starting lineup when they uh, take the field again, the Cubs. Yeah, I think a lot has to do with the starting pitcher because yes. the reason, one of the reasons they brought him up is he was doing so well at hitting uh, right-handed pitching. Yes. And that's something that they were kind of lacking in the club's, uh, Cubs organization. Yep. So if, uh, if it's a righty starting on the mound, chances are he'll be getting the, the nod on yes. that first. Or at least DH. Yes. Although again, they can all play. He's played, uh, as I said, eight games at first, and just the one air in sixty-two chances. I think so. Yeah, that's not a bad fielding percentage at all. No, he's uh, definitely solid at first base. And the air, I think we were mentioning this last week. The air was a throwing air. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't even the ball came at him, and he kind of went ah. Well, he did miss a couple uh, hit down the line uh, this last weekend, mm. but. Uh, neither, none of them were close enough that they would no. uh, constitute being errors. So no. no, that's the nice thing. If you're a major leaguer, is it's one of those things where if it had been Vladdy Guerrero, maybe the, the play would have been made. But not too many first basemen's no uh, first baseman would be able to pick him off. Pick him off. The, or picking another. I think he's a Canadian, Freddie Freeman. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, great first baseman. Yes, but, uh, no. And yeah, the All Star break over now. So we had, they always say we're heading to the second half of the season. Well, all the teams are up around pretty close to 90 games out of the 162. So they passed the halfway point a little while ago. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I did take one quick look at how Iowa was doing, the Iowa Cubs. And they are into the second half of their season, and they are 7-5. and five. So they're keeping their heads above water without Jared being there. Mm-hmm. 7-5 and five without Jared. Basically, in the second half of the season, it looks like he got called right. up right around the end of the first half of the season because the... In at least the International League, and I would assume in the Pacific Coast League as well, they play uh, two half-seasons. Right. And then mm-hmm. the winners of each half-season uh, go into the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. confuses things. Okay, so uh, local baseball. We have yes. finals to report over the past week, including the uh, Knights. The uh, Is that midget? Is that what you... U18. U18. Yeah. U18. I think if we wanted to be Knights. politically correct these days. Uh, they blanked the uh, PG Plumbing and Heating Tigers for nothing yes. last Wednesday. So that's a pretty good win. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers, one of the top teams so far this year. Uh, following night on Thursday, Fresno Construction Mariners uh, over the JRJ Construction Orioles by a score of 9-1. to one. Yeah. I actually uh, took in that game. It was oh, uh, okay. quite a nice night for baseball. Oh. Another one of those games where the the uh, the team dominating the game just couldn't get that 10-run yeah. lead that they need for a mercy rule. Uh, then on uh, Monday, another uh, Tigers-Knights matchup and another 4 nothing final. Yeah, I saw that on their website. Wrote it down. I had to double-check to make sure it was a different game. And then last night, it was uh, the Tigers coming back with a 4-2 victory over DOB Contracting Gladiators, uh, which is a pretty close game yes. when you consider the Gladiators are pretty much the bottom dwellers right now in, yes. in the standings. And uh, back to, uh, yeah, Saturday, the Monday-Tuesday games uh, didn't go to either of them. No, nope. I felt I had had uh, my share of smoke for the day. I would say you wanted to be able to act, you wanted to watch a game or something you could actually see what was happening more than twenty feet away from you. Well, the smoke wasn't as bad as it is today. No. the last two nights, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's just it's just so it's oppressive. Yeah, yeah, very very hard to yeah to um, so put up with. I guess it's so heavy say. and there's such an odor to it as well. Yeah. So the standings right now, uh, all teams have played 10 or 11 games. Yep. Uh, Fresno, Fresno Construction Mariners leading with nine wins, two losses. Mm-hmm. The uh, PG Plumbing Heating Tigers, seven wins, three losses. Uh, the Knights have five and five for a record. Yep. Uh, JRJ Construction Orioles That's are four, uh, four, five, and one. And the DOB contracting gladiators are uh, zero and ten, so they've yet to pick up a win so far. Okay. So uh, you missed the phone call. No, I didn't. The board is dead. Oh, there are no lights showing anywhere on the. Uh... Okay, I'll have to fix that. Okay, I that will... explains that explains why we haven't had our phone call. Quite possibly, yes. <laughs> I will. Um, if you want to take a quick look at that. Yeah. I will go on to the uh, Spruce City men's fastball scores yeah, yeah. from the last few days. Uh, last Wednesday, so a week ago, uh, the LTNK Hitman edged the Tackler Lakers 5-4. to four. Uh, In the nightcap, the AP Athletics Angels all over the Sykoots Tigers 12-2. to two. Thursday, uh, the Moby Concrete Rippers, the team that won the John Cho Cup, 
the weekend before, beat the Hitman 14-7. to Then the Angels turned around the nightcap and edged the Rippers 4-3. to So we had some very close games uh, so far. Uh, Monday night, it was the Big Guy Lake Reds 11 and the Taco Lakers 1. And then the um, talk, the uh, Saikuch Tigers beat the Lakers 9-6. to Last night, it was the um, AP Athletics Angels 12, the Cosley Chiefs 2. Then the Chiefs turned around and beat the big guy Lake Reds 7-6. to uh, t- Games tonight, the uh, FFR Glass Grays get back into action. Uh, they're in both ends of the doubleheader. They are playing against the Big Guy Lake Reds in the 7 o'clock game, and then they play the LTNK Hitman in the nightcap. Now, the latest standings that I was able to find on their Facebook page, the AP Athletics Angels have got an 11-1 record so far for 22 points. Moby Concrete Rippers, 9-1 for 18 points. The FFR Glass Grays are 6-3 for 12 points. The Big Guy Lake Reds are 6-4 for 12 points. The LTNK Hitmen are 6-6 six six with 12 points. The Cosley Chiefs, 4-9 for 8 points. And then two teams tied at the bottom, the Takla Lakers and the Saikuts Tigers, both 2-10-1 of 5 points each. Now, one other thing I noticed on their Facebook page the last couple of days was some players saying, are we playing with the conditions the way they are? And at least a couple of the members of the different teams were getting back to the people and saying, we have masks available at the field. So if you need to, you can come out and play and we'll give you a mask. So you'll be okay. A mask. Yes. For just, the, for just the, probably, probably the, uh, the COVID masks basically. Yeah. For, to, yeah. To help just with to, the smoke, just, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll you'll see a lot of that going on yeah. uh, for the next little while as uh, as they try to handle the smoke. Uh, I've given you a phone number that you can call. Okay. Okay. Uh, we didn't have our our phone system hooked up <laughs> properly. Uh, we had a bit of a panic the other day. Uh, you can do that while I'm talking to people about this. A uh, bit of a panic with our system uh, the other day, and I managed to plug everything back in <clears throat> except for. Uh, well, as you have figured out the phone system, uh, we have had some interesting emails recently about sports, not the least of which is, uh, the Spruce Kings. They've, uh, actually got a couple of people that have, uh, signed up, uh, to commit for the Spruce Kings the coming season. Uh, Kaz, Kazumo Sasaki being one of them. And we'll talk more about, uh, him and others that have been committed for the Spruce Kings, uh, when we get back after talking a little bit of Wheeling Warriors of the North, because that's who our first guest was going to be. Yes. And joined now on the line with, by Sue McAllister with the Wheeling Warriors. Good afternoon, Sue. Good afternoon. How are you? Um, I'm inside and out of the smoke, so I'm good. How about you? That's good. Yeah. I'm. Now, I'm guessing this smoke must make it really tough for the Wheeling Warriors and anybody else, really, to get out and do any exercising, especially like bike riding. That is very true. We're, you know, we're always telling our team to be cautious when they go out and, you know, don't overly exert yourself mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, because you've got, what, just over a month, basically, or I guess about a month and a half 
until the tour de cure down south. So would this be the time that people would start to be sort of stretching out the rides, going longer? Oh, definitely. People should be doing between 50 and 75K at least right now for their training rides. You always want to have two or three of those 100K rides in you before the big day. Yes. And the good news, I guess, uh, I was mentioning to somebody earlier, it's not very often you think about showers in Prince George in the middle of July being considered good news, but they definitely are this year. Yeah. The weather is definitely different this year. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, one other big thing that the Wheel and Warriors have had since the last time I chatted with anybody was the last time I talked, I think it might have been with Karen Pichet, uh, we were talking about the big gala coming up. Well, now, obviously, the, ba- the gala has passed. How did things go? The gala was a tremendous success. It raised over $110,000 wow. that evening. And, yeah, we definitely... Want to thank all our sponsors, the businesses, um, and the citizens of Prince George for all their support. Yeah. That night. Yeah. And now I noticed, um, I think it was Karen sent out a note a couple of days ago that there's a group, a foundation, who are matching donations to riders for the next couple of days. Right. It's the Leon Judah Blackmore Foundation, mm-hmm. and they pledged $50,000 to match donations of $250 or up to $250 for 200 riders. And that money was actually all gone by early <laughs> afternoon yesterday. Jeez. So if you want to make donations to a rider, especially on the Wheel and Warriors, obviously, you can do it, but it's not going to be matched. Right, no, at least not by the, the Blackmore Foundation. No. You know, there might be another matcher come, you know, for that foundation that comes forward. But yeah. Now, where are the Warriors sitting on the fundraising ladder, if you will, in BC? Because I know we're always in the top ten. How close are we to the top? Um, we're at just under a hundred thousand right now, mm-hmm. um, because we haven't put our, our um, dinner money in. We're just been finalizing the expenses yeah. this last week. Um, we are still in the top ten, but not in the top five. Ooh. That's a bit of a dis- Well, you know what? It, once we get that yeah, oh. other money in, and and I know a lot of our, our teammates tried to um, got got the two, their two hundred and fifty dollars in, and are hoping it's got got matched out of the foundation money. So. Yeah. And the other thing to remember, of course, we're talking about people in Prince George making donations for the most part, and Prince George is always a last minute town, isn't it? It is. And our, you know, our team doesn't stop going looking for donations till no. like the day after the ride. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many riders? How many people are on the team right now? Right now, there are seventy-five members on the team. Mm-hmm. And so that would be what sixty-five to seventy riders, and then some support staff. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is your role on the team? Well, I'm a rider. Okay. And I am the treasurer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how many years have you ridden? This is my 10th year riding. We, it's the 11th year at the team. Karen founded it in 2013. Yeah. I was on that original team and missed one year. So 10th ride, if I remember correctly, that means you get a nice a shiny helmet, don't you? Pardon me? You get a nice shiny helmet then this year. 
Um, actually, they've changed that, and Uh-oh. there are no nice shiny helmets Aww. this year. <laughs> they knew you were coming, and they said, "No, we're gonna give, we're not going to give her a helmet." But I got my gold helmet, so yes. that, yeah, I got one shiny helmet. Yeah. Now. It is getting late, and again, people looking out there right now might be saying, well, I don't really feel like going out and cycling, but you are still accepting members for the Wheeling Warriors as well, aren't you? Right. If people wanted to join, um, but they, you know, they have, all, all, anyone who's going to ride has to raise $2,500 yes. to, to be able to ride, and the, it has to be raised before ride start, before the ride on the 27th. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't give you too much time to get that part done. Now, do the Wheeling Warriors as a group have any more fundraisers coming up? Not as a big group. There are some smaller groups of riders doing group fundraisers, Mm -hmm. but the Dinner and Dance was our our big major fundraiser for the whole team. Yeah, and that that must have been kind of a nice, well, a, a bit of a nice evening for you guys, not just because it was a very nice evening with the dinner and dance, but also because there was a bit of a break for you guys, I would think. Um, well, maybe uh, not for you. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would say that, you know, that most of the team members got time to enjoy the festivities. Mm-hmm. Get a chance to dress up instead of being in your cycling gear all the time. Precisely. So now, if people want to donate to the Wheeling Warriors of the North for the Tour de Cure, how do they do it? They can go to the Tour de Cure um, Vancouver 2023 webpage mm-hmm. and put in uh, as a team name, Wheeling Warriors of the North, and our team page will come up. And it will have all our riders' names on it, and they can choose to support one of those people. Oh, if they want to support 10, though, you guys aren't going to say no, right? Pardon me? If they want to support 10 of the riders, you guys won't say no. No, that's true. We will never say no to money. No. (laughs) Okay. Sue McAllister, Will and Warriors of the North, thank you very much for taking the time to bring us up to date on what's happening, and I'm sorry for the confusion at the beginning. Okay, not a problem. Okay. We are going to take a quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. Hi, this is The Wolfman. CFIS-FM features a weekly showcase dedicated to local musicians. Homegrown, Friday night from 6 to 8. Homegrown features music and interviews from local artists performing and recording in our area. You will hear an eclectic mix of softer and heavier sounds from the region's finest musicians, spanning over 30 years of recordings. Check it out. Homegrown, Friday night from 6 to 8. Only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Prince George Lymphedema Group is offering educational presentations and willing to participate in panel discussions with Q&As. The presentation can be tailored to fit your group's agenda. The Lymphedema Group can be booked for daytime or evening meetings. There is no charge, but an honorarium to the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation's Lymphedema Garment Fund would be appreciated. For more information on the Prince George Lymphedema Group or to book a presentation, email pglymphgroup at gmail.com. Forecast from Environment Canada, widespread smoke today, a high of 26 with a high UV index. More widespread smoke tonight with a low of 9. For Thursday, sunny with widespread smoke, a high of 27 with a high UV index. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, Jamaican bobsledding right now? Yes. No, 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 we're not. We're not going to talk about Jamaican bobsledding, but we are going to talk about the Spruce Kings. 
Yes, I, I mentioned uh, uh, Kazumo Sasaki committing yes. to the Spruce Kings, but that's uh, just one of two players that they've uh, got commitments from yeah. this week. The other one, from not quite so far away, but still, J.R. Purdian is out of Ohio. Now, both he and Kazumo Sasaki played in the North American Hockey League last year on different teams. Uh, Purdian played with the Odessa Jackalopes out of Texas. Mm -hmm. Ten goals, 18 assists on the season. Uh, Kasumo Sasaki played with the Chippewa Steel, 12 goals and 14 assists. Right. So both of them had decent scoring seasons. uh, Sasaki is from Nishitokyo, Japan. I I vote, I just wrote down Japan. I figured if you wanted to take a chance on... Now, here's the thing that I'm going to find out. My best friend is Ken Sasaki. Oh, okay. Obviously... Japanese heritage, yes. born though in well Willow River, okay. George. Uh, so I'm kind of curious if if he if it's a distant relative, yeah. and if so, is if if he's going to be at the rink all, all <laughs> you know, assuming yeah. he makes the team. That's yes. the other part of it, right? Well, I should also possibly mention um, that there, I believe there have been a couple of Sasaki's who have played Major League Baseball recently as well. Oh, okay, so. But um, and well, I, and there was a there's a Suzuki. Uh, yep, yeah, Ichiro Suzuki. Yeah, and there was a Max Suzuki also played yeah. with the uh, Mariners. But Sasaki's not quite no. the same. So. <clears throat> no. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Perdian and uh, Sasaki uh, committed to the Spruce Kings again, both for one season only. Yeah, but they have to make the teams. Oh, yes, right. Oh, yeah. That's the other part of it. Yeah, just because you've got a commitment. From yes. them does not mean that they no. will be up to snuff with because if you get enough guys committed, Oof. someone's going to be on the outside looking in. Right? Yes. So, yeah, uh, Perdian is already committed to Long Island University Sharks for D one NCAA hockey the following season. So that would be what the twenty four twenty five season. And Kazuma Sasaki is committed to the Lake Superior State Lakers, who are also a Division one team. Yeah. So. And that's the nice thing when the Spruce Kings get these guys who have already got their commitments is they know we've got this guy for one year or every once in a while you get a guy who's committed for two years down the road. Right. Yeah. So you know we've got him for one year, two years, whatever. Yeah. With some of your own players, you don't always know for sure how long you've got them in case they make a commitment and the team wants them like next season. Yeah. But uh, – and I don't think – they didn't have any current Spruce Kings listed, but on the Spruce Kings website, they did have a list of seven Spruce King alumni who are are or were at NHL development camps. Because oh, okay. those are still ongoing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, somewhat related, uh, Alex Newhook just signed mm. f- uh, with Montreal, a four-year right. deal. Yeah. He, he just got traded to them, didn't he? Uh, just before the draft, I think. He, or was he a free agent? I thought he was a free agent. I, oh, anyway, yeah. uh, New Hook uh, got drafted out of the BCHL. Yes. Not a Spruce Penticton? King, but... Penticton, I think. Um, so, no, I think no? he was uh, Victoria. Okay. Played for Victoria. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, and he was actually... He was first round, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah, quite a quite a high pick for yes. a BCHL player. Yeah. yeah, I think... I remember... I think we were discussing that draft the year of... And I want to say he went before anybody from the Quebec League did. Oh, possibly, yeah. Yeah, because the Quebec League lately has not 
really been like they produced the numbers, I think, but not at the tops of the drafts. Well, they they get the odd one, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a different league. It, it definitely yes. has its own style, and sometimes I I, uh, I get the impression that the scouts and NHL personnel in general look at the queue as the place to go to find that hidden gem, but not yeah. that guy that you know is going to you know make or you're pretty sure is going to make the league. Yeah, uh, because the the O and the W, uh, the style of play in both those leagues very. Uh, very NHL much replicates, yeah, yeah. Pretty much replicates what the NHL is doing. Uh, the queue is a little more wide open. Oh yeah, for a long more time, more of a, almost yeah. a European style play. Yeah, for so, a long time, the queue. If you didn't get two hundred points, you weren't in the top ten in scoring. Yeah, so when you're scouting them, you got to factor in the the different yes. style of play that they're playing, and how is that going to compare? Same with when they scout a European player. Yeah, you can see the talent. But how's that going to translate to the NHL, NHL yes. style? So yeah. you got to factor that in, and, and I think that's one reason. A lot of times you'll see Q players that go later in the draft yeah. and then become big stars because, well, yes. they weren't really sure when, no. when they took them. What the guys who are very impressive because of that as well are if there's a goaltender from the Q who yes. goes anywhere in say the top three or four rounds because they're playing in, as you said, a high-powered league. So their numbers yeah. aren't going to look good. Well, yeah, they, and that's the other part is we seem to find a lot of, uh, quality French Canadian goaltenders c- coming yes. out of the queue because they see so much action. Yeah. They see so many pucks yeah. game after game that their, their skill level is, is honed to a level that, you know, is, isn't comparable in the other two major junior no. leagues. The first thing you have to do after you draft them though is, uh, the movie Slapshot. The goaltender there where he's in the dressing room, and yeah. even though there's nothing going on, he's still got his arms flapping, stopping all the rubber. Yes. That's the first thing you have to do when you draft a goaltender out of the QMJHL, is give him a couple of weeks off to just relax and not have to stop any rubber. Yeah. Um, you got nothing else? I, I checked the Cougars' website, and I was a little bit surprised that there was nothing on their website about any players they may have had at the NHL development camps. I know last week, at least, um, uh, Kane Zimmer and Riley Height were both there, but I don't know if they're still there or not. So, right. But uh, possibly check with the Cougars uh, near the end of the week and mm-hmm. see about it for... Um, there is another email that we got hmm. that uh, was the announcement, and you probably, well, you know about this. I think you had it on the, the news this morning. Uh, honors for the 2022 regional recipients of the Premier's oh. Awards from the Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity, yes. and Recreation Council. And they had uh, quite a list of uh, North Region, which yes. is actually two regions, East and West, uh, only one from Prince George, though, and that was Rowan T.G. Zatorski. And we're going to be Gee, talking with yes. him shortly. But uh, And that's volleyball yes. for Prince George. Uh, others around the region, uh, Kendra Schlamp for hockey, uh-huh. basketball, soccer, snowboarding, and track and field. So okay. multi-sport, to say the least. Yeah. And that's from uh, Moberly Lake, so mm-hmm. north of Prince George. Uh, Claire Turner for soccer yes. out of Fort St. John. Curtis yes. Lee for hockey out of Fort St. John. Uh, Keisha Pontius uh, for volleyball out of Quinnell. Uh, 
Uh, Philip Joshua Lecourt uh, for hockey. That's out of Burns Lake. Uh, Frederick Bear from Hazelton for hockey, basketball, softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Terrace, uh, Tishon, uh, sorry, Tishon Angeline Henry uh, for figure skating. And another multi-sport uh, mm-hmm. individual, Josh Layton for hockey, golf, track and field, cross country, all the way from Prince Rupert. Okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and with any luck, when we come back, we will be talking with Rowan T.G. Zatorski on Post to Post. Two legacy grants from the 2022 BC Summer Games are now available for local athletes and sport organizations. Organizations affiliated with a provincial sport body involved in the 2022 BC Summer or Winter Games can apply for up to $10,000 in grant money. Similarly, athletes and teams aged 18 or under can apply for grants of up to $2,022. Full details and applications are available at bcgames.org. The deadline for the 2022 BC Summer Games Legacy Grant applications is September 15th. The Prince George Council of Seniors is back again at the BCNE Don't Miss Seniors Day, August 17th, with a great display of products, services, and activities for seniors. This year's theme is What a Ride. Early vendor registration is on through Friday. For more information or to register, email info at pgcos.ca or call the Seniors Resource Center at 250-564-5888. The Seniors Fair at the BCNE, August 17th, from 10 to 5 in Kin 2. What a ride. And joined on the phone now by Rowan T.G. Zatorski. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Rowan. Am I? Uh, nope. Wait. Nope. I'm sorry. Okay. How how should I be pronouncing it? Wait, uh, can you say that again? You're cutting out a little bit. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I, I've got your name as Rowan T.G. Zatorski. Is that pretty close on the pronunciation? Yeah. Okay. Now, you must be getting ready because you are going to be heading off to the North American Indigenous Games here, and they're in Nova Scotia starting in, what, about three days? Yeah. We, uh, I'm heading down to Vancouver right now, so uh, we have a couple practices uh, Thursday and Friday, and then we fly out to uh, Halifax for uh, the North American Indigenous Games for volleyball U19. Yeah. Now, so you're on Team BC. These two practices that you're talking about this weekend – are they really the only chance you guys have had to practice together? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, we're practicing together. Okay. Now, do you know most of the other players on the team? Because I know you're in Dutchess Park and you also play for the PG Kodiaks. So a lot of the other players on the team, have you met them before at least through competition? Uh, yeah, I met a couple guys on my team. Uh, our setter, Thomas Tucci, where I played mm-hmm. against him. Uh, our middle, he's a year older than me, Dylan. He's from uh, Prince George, too, and uh, I played uh, against them, too, during school season. Wow. Some other kids uh, I played and met. Okay. Now, what what's the selection process like for a team like this for the North, for the North American Indigenous Games? So uh, there's, a, there's a Phase 1 tryout, so that's in your region. So mine uh, was at UNBC. There was our first tryout there, and uh, they picked uh, like the top players from that tryout. The second trial in Vancouver, which was in March, and then uh, they chose the last twelve there, and then two alternates just in case anybody got injured. Yeah. There's quite a quite a dozen kids there at each trial. 
Yeah. Now, is this your first time playing at um, anything beyond a provincial uh, event? Uh, yeah, this is my first time playing at like uh, this large event. Or there was I played at club volleyball nationals, which was really huge too. Yeah. Now, how much of a difference is there between? High school basketball and the PG Kodiaks, which is, as you say, a club team. Is there much of a difference in the skill level? Uh, both both high school and volleyball are somewhat the same. There's a uh, high school you you you're at your school and you got to play with the kids. Yeah, the kids that go to your school. But then uh, club volleyball is you guys try for your your city club team and uh, you guys play together. So you play against each other in high school and you play with each other during club. And I guess in volleyball, that's a little bit easier to work with because you're not really in direct, if you will, physical competition with the other players, are you? Yeah, no, you're not. Uh, you're not really. No, it's not a physical sport. No, no, unless you happen to go up for a uh, block and uh, the other guy gets it through and puts it off your face. <laughs> yes, that's that's happened quite a bit when you go up to block and. Uh if there's a single blocker, you do a, you try to have a bigger, wider block. Sometimes <laughs> they hit you right on the forehead or face. <laughs> but the ball is still in play at that point, isn't it? Yeah, the ball's still in play. So you're reeling backwards and hoping your teammates manage to corral the ball before it hits the ground. Yeah, it's basically whatever uh, team lets the ball drop first is losers. Yeah. So now, what position do you play then? It sounds like you are you a, a front line player, like you at the net. Uh, I play, yeah, I'm a, I'm on a left side, so I basically, I do everything other than set, so I receive, I serve, I block, I spike, I play defense, and I also play libero a little bit, and that's all just defense. Now, are you playing the same role for Team BC, or do you have to sort of change your role a little bit because of who else is on the team? Uh, I'm 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 open to most like any positions mm. on that team, but I'm mostly a left side. They took me as a left side. Right. Yeah. So you're ba- so you won't have to make too many changes to the style that you've been playing through high school and the club volleyball. Yeah, no. Unless sometimes I might have to switch a position if a teammate gets injured, and I might have to go to right side or like a setter or libero. But that that rarely happens. Yeah. Now, after they selected the team, because I think you said that was in March, was the second set of selections. Um, did you get any? Did you have any communication with the coaches, the other players on the team, to kind of stay in touch with each other as to what was going on? Um, I had a, I, I was in touch with some players going to the last tryout, and uh, I knew the coach a little bit because he also watched me at other previous volleyball tournaments. Okay. Okay, and so now. You've got this, and then you got about, what, a month and a half, two months off before you got to hit the court again for Dutchess Park in grade 12. Have you started thinking at all about what comes after grade 12? Uh, yes, yes, I have. I've been uh, thinking about that quite a bit. I've been uh, open to most uh, post-secondary schools, colleges, and universities, and I'm uh, getting interest from some schools right now, so hopefully I get to play post-secondary after high school yeah now the one thing that's fairly obvious though that you must have known was going to be coming though was you're going to have to leave prince george to do it yeah yeah so are are, are you sort of setting yourself up for that as well like have you played away from prince george before 
played away, uh, like out of town tournaments? Well, not out of town tournaments, but have you played for teams outside of Prince George? Oh, uh, no, no, not yet. Well, other than Team BC NAG, uh, I've tried out for the regular Team BC twice, and I made it to the last tryout each mm-hmm. time, but I got cut. But uh, no, I've been I've been playing in Prince George uh, my whole life for wow. volleyball. Okay. And now, I, actually, before we leave, I have to congratulate you because you were one of the regional recipients for the Premier's Awards for Indigenous Youth Excellence in Sports. So congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Rowan T.G. Zatorski, best of luck at the North American Indigenous Games coming up next week. Yes, thank you. Okay. And um, what do you think? A little bit early, Reg, but should we go to a break and then pick things up? or Sure. Okay, we will go to a break and be back with more on Post to Post. Alzheimer's Society of BC's online education offers small group information workshops. Learn about the options for accessing long-term care, including eligibility requirements with considering the transition to long-term care. Tuesday, July 25th. Registration and full details are available by calling 1-800-936-6033. Considering the transition to long-term care. Tuesday, July 25th. From 1 to 2.30 through ALZ bc.org. Bring in your returnables and help the Lymphedema Garment Fund at the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation. Accounts have been set up at the Heart Return at Bottle Depot, the PG Recycling and Return at Center, and the Chaco Bottle Depot. Simply drop off your returnables in a sealed clear bag into the available express kiosk and enter the registered phone number 250-613-8579. A quick and easy way to make your returns and support Lymphedema Garment Fund. Forecast from Environment Canada. Widespread smoke today, a high of 26 with a high UV index. More widespread smoke tonight with a low of 9. For Thursday, sunny with widespread smoke, a high of 27 with a high UV index. All right, so... What do you think? Well, we know Rowan won't be sticking around Prince George, unfortunately, uh, post-secondary because he's a volleyball player. And yeah. But let's go up the hill for a couple of minutes to UNBC. They had a couple of announcements last week for their Timberwolves Wall of Honor. Oh. Yes, and players from a couple of different time periods almost. Okay. Sam Raphael. Mm-hmm. They were both basketball players. Sam Raphael played from 2008 to 2013. Mm-hmm. He came out of Dutchess Park. So he was like a local recruit straight onto the uh, Timberwolves. Yep. And he played on a national champion with them. The Canadian right. Collegiate Athletic Award yes, Championship yes. when they were still playing at the collegiate level. Yes. And very good player. Mm-hmm. Is You looked at his numbers. Because they had, of course, the big story on him on the website. And you look at his numbers, and nothing about the numbers really jumps out, but he was a leader. He was a very good defensive player as well. Yes. Now, the other player who is going to be on the wall of honor, her numbers definitely jump out at you for offense. Mm-hmm. Mario Mangamo. Yes. 2015 to 2020, uh, they got to the Canadian Championship the one year. They didn't win it, but they got there. Mm-hmm. That was her final year, 2019-20. I think I remember that year because we were doing post-to-post, of course, at that point. And that was the year where for the last eight games of the season, because of injuries and stuff, they had six players. Yeah. 
and they won all eight of the games down the stretch. Yeah. And I remember looking at their their uh, box scores, if you will, after each weekend and going, holy cow. And then like, you know, Maria was really you know, putting up like, you know, 25, 30 points and a bunch of rebounds. And it was just incredible to see. And they, they got into the playoffs because of that eight-game winning streak, basically. And then they rode that all the way to the uh, Canadian Championships. Yep. So, so congratulations to both Maria and Sam. Now, I went through the stories... And I couldn't find anything in either of them that said anything about whether there was a ceremony of any sort to unveil plaques on the walls or on the wall of honor or what they do. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any uh, media releases on that at all. No. So. No, I mean, on the uh, stories from each of them, they had video clips of each of them being informed that they were being named to the Wall of Honor. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they were both quite thrilled about that and uh, obviously enjoyed the idea of having their names sort of immortalized, if you will, up at UNBC. Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, and, again, hard to say because, I mean, this is, what, mid-July. I think I might try next week to have at least one of the UNBC soccer coaches on because they they're going to be starting their uh, yeah pretty soon they'll, they'll start training and getting yeah. ready right yes which if nothing else means we shouldn't have too many more press releases coming from them about signing new players for next year no there just ain't enough time maybe we'll get a media release yes so speaking of training camps yes. not that far away from the kickoff of the uh, Kodiak season right. That's the end of the month. July 29th. So, what's that? Two and a half weeks now? Two weeks from Saturday. Yeah, so yes. two and a half weeks from yeah. uh, now. So, yeah, and there I've been by uh, Massage Place Stadium a few times. Well, on the weekend, I, I noted that they had the training camp yeah. ongoing, or maybe it was last week. And, uh, yeah, tons of players oh, there trying yes. out. So. And I think, again, though, there is something we were talking about again earlier with uh, Sue, with the Wheel and Warriors, mm-hmm. and how these conditions are hurting them. Yeah. It's got to be the same on these guys and even on the coaches because you want to figure out who your best players are. Yeah. But you can't really drive the players too hard. Too hard. Well, uh, this was last week, though, before okay, the before, smoke really hit. Okay. If I remember correctly, yeah. and yeah, it, it, oh. uh, but it was swelterling. Yes. It was swelteringly hot. Well, that's so. good. That's good training for when you go down to the Okanagan. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Although actually, of course, the Okanagan Sun, defending national champions, are actually up here first on July 29th to open the season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, it'll be interesting. I am thinking maybe not next week, but the following week. See if we can get uh, Jamie and maybe a player. Well, uh, any any number of guests would be good. I, yes. I, I don't think we ever have enough guests on this show. No. You know, three or four would probably be good. Uh, four is about the maximum. Ooh, Unless you want depending football players on, to try to share mics. Depending. No, I'm, I'm saying. Oh, over the course of the show. Over the course okay. of the show. Yes. As opposed to two and then us yeah. trying to come up with stuff that, yes. you know. I think I had a few suggestions before about yes. contacting some of the local clubs that yes, do things I've, outside of... I've been in touch with some of them, and a lot of them have not gotten back to me yet. So. Yeah. Lawn bowling. I, 
Yes. Notice they were out the other day when I yeah. drove down. But that's such a physically exerting sport, Reg. Are you oh, sure they could do it in the yeah, in yeah, conditions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. The, um, that's one thing that uh, you kind of missed on that interview with... Uh, Rowan? With Rowan is uh, he, he talked about... Well, you had mentioned how it's not a, a particularly physical game, but... Well, as far as a physical contact yes, game. Yes, that's the thing. It's volleyball very, is volleyball not a contact no, no, sport. Uh, no real contact with no. the co- uh, opponent. Uh, but, but yeah, volleyball, definitely oh. a very, very physical game. Oh, yes. Just not yeah. uh, in your face. No. And again, technically speaking, if you go by the law, basketball isn't a contact sport either. Right. But, uh, yeah. Technically speaking. No. I mean, I have seen... I have seen, because I used to uh, score keep high school basketball games years ago, and I've seen it happen a number of times, whereas Rowan was saying, you know, you get somebody, especially on a single block going up, and mm-hmm. of course, he says, you've got to spread a little bit more, and the ball comes right down the middle, and I've seen the ball hit the player's head and go over and land in the other team's court, and it's a point. Mm-hmm. It, it usually... <laughs> Sometimes the player whose head it went off of has to be informed that it was a point because they're still trying to figure out which part of the planet they're on. But yeah, but no, and uh, no, and the, uh, high school volleyball at most of the high schools in this city is can be a little bit dangerous. The players have to realize when to pull up because in a lot of them. If they've got the stands out for uh, for spectators, those stands are pretty close to the actual volleyball court. So you don't have a lot of room. Like, I have seen players go, like, two or three rows deep into the stands to get a ball. Yeah. And in that case, the fan better be paying attention. You don't want to be on your cell phone when that's happening. No. No. Because otherwise, it's going to be painful. Well, that's one of the great things about the Northern Sports Center is uh, oh. plenty of room for... Yes spectators not to get you know you're not right up against the court so yes gives the players plenty of room to make those uh dives for balls that are going out of play and things like that yeah and for most of the high schools even it's only in say the round robin games in the tournaments because then they've usually got two maybe three games going at a time Mm -hmm. so that everything's a little bit tighter but when they get to the final it's usually just one game so they've got the whole big court and that also opens up the space off the end of the court, where there's no stands usually as well. Yeah. But in some gymnasiums, again, well, I, it's not there anymore. Dutchess Park used to be uh, somewhat infamous, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you you obviously were in the old Dutchess Park at one time or another. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. The, uh, the rules for basketball say the court has to be 93 feet. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that whoever built the gymnasium said, okay, so if we make the gym 94 feet, we can fit a court in. <laughs> because they actually, the officials had to have rules that they would have to explain to the other town teams, you can step on the end line to inbounds the ball off the end line because there's just enough room off the end line for you to stand behind it right. and throw the ball in, which is legally what you have to do. Yeah, so, so. basically we're looking at a, a building that's 100 feet Hundred feet long, so about that, yeah. Yeah, you oh. didn't have a lot of room. No, at either end. No, and then there was uh, the new Kelly Road. Well, now Kelly Road Shasti, of course. Mm-hmm. When it came, where I'm, I'm pretty sure they had like about fifty feet off the ends of the each each end of the basketball court. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, 
Okay, we are going to go for another break. When we come back, we will have some more on Post to Post. There's still one more night market scheduled for this summer at Studio 2880. Set for Thursday, August 17th, it's a great evening out for the whole family as you get to check out some unique makers, grab a bite to eat at the food trucks, and just enjoy strolling the grounds of Studio 2880. Vendor registration and more details are available under programs at Studio2880.com. Studio 2880's Summer Night Market, Thursday, August 17th from 5 to 8 at Studio 2880. Vantage Point's board calendar sample is a helpful tool which ensures board conversation and decisions happen at the appropriate time. For example, preparing and approving year-end financial statements in advance of your annual general meeting. The board calendar sample is just one of the many great not-for-profit digital resources available for download from Vantage Point. These downloadable resources are available under the media menu at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point transforming not-for-profit leadership. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about UNBC, uh, Timberwolves basketball, basketball and yes. soccer. Yeah. Of course, the season coming up, and it's uh, it's on the way uh, – yeah, it's just a month and a half away, it, really. Yeah, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Uh, end of August, August 25th, 27th, yes. uh, the uh, women will be at home to TWU. Trinity Western. Trinity Western, right. And uh, University of Fraser Valley. Right. And the men, just bring up their schedule. I think they're at home that same weekend, but playing different teams. Uh, yeah, they are actually at home to UBC, both uh, ah, okay. on the uh, 25th and 27th. Yes. So that's uh, uh, a bit of an auspicious start for the men. Yeah, and it's also a rather an interesting thing, because we talked about this before, because of the differing numbers of teams in men's and women's soccer in Canada West, yeah. their schedules don't line up. But this year, I think it actually worked out that there's at least one other time during the season where they're both at home on the same weekend, even though they're playing different opponents. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the difference. The yeah. big difference there is even when they are at home, they're not playing no. against the same teams. No, as opposed to the basketball where teams. It, where it always is, yeah. 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 But uh, no, so yes, yeah, so that yeah, just over a month away. Be interesting to see what happens because it was the men's team. I think both teams played well last year, but the men's team were the ones who really came on strong. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what uh, Michael Hinman's got as a, an encore after last year. And they actually have the basketball schedule ready as oh, well. Okay, and uh, the, for, for the women basketball, that doesn't start till November. No. Uh, in fact, it's the uh, first weekend of November. Uh, on the 3rd and 4th, they'll be hosting the University of Fraser Valley. Oh, And okay. let me just double-check. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same it would be as the same usual for, the, for yes. the men. Yeah. And quick check, yep. So, okay. And they actually have uh, two weekends in a row, or, well, yeah, no, it's um, not quite two weekends in a row because they have a weekend off yes. following that, and then they're at home again against GMU. So that's well, it's Grant McEwen, but they're Grant now known McEwen. as McEwen. Hmm? They're now just known as McEwen, I Are think. They? Yeah. Well, they've got it down as yeah. GMU, so that's so out still of Calgary. That way. So uh, there you no, go. Grant McEwen's out of Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. Okay. Yes. Which one's the one in Calgary? Well, they got. 
University of Calgary. Well, obviously. Yeah. I'm not sure if there is another one out of Calgary. Yeah, there is. The Royal... What's the... I'll I'll look it up. Yes. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, first, uh, you know, two weekends out of the the four in November, they'll be at home. Yeah, and uh, I think I was looking this up because I saw saw that schedule as well. Mount Royal is Mount Royal, yes. There you go. And I thought, oh, okay, they're not playing the second weekend because that's the long weekend for Remembrance Day. But yeah. then I think I checked, and there are other teams playing that weekend. So yeah, it's no, a, it's, it's just, it's just, just an off weekend is break. all it yeah. is. It just happened to fall that way for them. Yes. So. Yeah, which is kind of nice for the players. Yeah. Because that'll be a long weekend, so. Well, Remembrance Day is what, on a Saturday? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It'll be on the Saturday, so. Yeah, so the. Uh, okay. So, and that's a national holiday, so the Monday would be the uh, holiday. Yeah, depending. Yes. And we kind of had a ah. kerfuffle with that on Canada Day even. Oh, yes. Where I, I, all the major ones, you yeah. know, the banks and the businesses, they were all closed on the Monday. Yeah. But there were some organizations that took the Friday off. And I had a cousin who said he Googled it and it said the Friday was the holiday. <laughs> Oh, because because the stat was actually Saturday. Yeah, it was the Friday was the was the holiday. But no, I don't. It'll likely be the Monday again. Although with Remembrance Day, not every province observes it. No. So So. there's that aspect. Yes. So something we'll have to keep an eye on as we get closer. Yeah. But a couple of other local. While we were talking earlier with Rowan. T.G. Zatorski heading to the North American Indigenous Games. Yes. We've got uh, Adam Sieben, who's with the Prince George Track and Field Club and is also a grade 11 student at Duchess, which is exactly the same grade as Rowan's in. Mm -hmm. He is going to be competing in the 100 and 200 meter events at the North American, Central American, and Caribbean U18 Athletics Championships in Costa Rica next weekend, July 21st to 23rd. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's off for that. And another fellow who's not competing, um, Larry Crobat, is a local swimming official. Okay. Started officiating when his son was swimming. And I remember, I can't remember his son's name right off the bat, but I remember writing about him in the paper and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is going to be a swimming official heading down to Santiago, Chile in October for the Pan American Games. It's a good place to be in October. Yes. October, so that'd be sort of the equivalent of our April, basically. Yes. Yeah. So not bad. It's their spring, so yes. good. No, that'd be nice for him. Yes. And a very nice thing. And I think I think the other thing I noticed with both of them is it's their first international competition that they've either competed in, in Adam's case, or officiated at, in Larry's case. Right. But uh, both of them uh, proudly wearing the uh, maple leaf mm-hmm. while they're there. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So we did talk a little bit about Jared Young. Yes. And uh, Major League Baseball currently on their all-star break. Just wrapping it up. And they will be back to games on Friday. I know. It used to be that the game has always been on Tuesday. Has it? Okay. But it all... it. Even up until a few years ago, they started playing a game on Thursday. Maybe not everybody started, but there were some games on Thursday. Now it seems like they take that extra day off. Everybody takes the extra day off. And the Cubs get back from the break. They will be hosting 
the Boston Red Sox Friday. Oh, okay. Now, going into the break, they had a three-game series against the Yankees, and they won two of the three. Yes. And uh, that's the good news. The bad news is Jared was only in the lineup for one of the two wins. Yes. Or no, did they sweep them? They didn't sweep them. I don't think they they swept them. No. No. But anyway, so we got to hope that uh, the Cubs can continue to uh, turn things around against Boston and Jared will be in the lineup for both of Because that National League Central is still totally and completely up in the air. Well, it's still... Nobody wants to win it. I, I think it's... Oh, the Central, yeah. Yeah, the Central. No, and comparing and that American to League the American Central League East, oh, American League it's like everybody over 500. Where yes. you've got the American League East, where they, and that's where I say uh, yeah. for the Cubs if to... If you're knocking to, off those teams. Yeah, for the Cubs to beat the Yankees in a yeah. series, if they can follow that up with beating the Red Sox yes. in a series, that's two against the top, teams from well, the top division, really, Yes, in, in Major League Baseball. So. Yes. That'd be good to see. Yeah, although the top team in Major League Baseball right now is actually in the Cubs division. Oh. The Braves have have t- caught oh, up okay. and passed Tampa Bay. Yeah, for the best record in baseball. No, it's not an even schedule though, right? They play more games against their division rivals than they, yeah. They don't other play as many against their teams. division rival as they used to because now they play everybody in the other league. No, but yeah. they they still play more games against yes. their division rivals than any other team. Yes. So yeah. that's where if you're in a weak uh, division uh, yeah. like the Cubs are, yes. it's easier for a team like Atlanta to put together a huge oh, yeah. season because they're playing so many games against Miami, Philadelphia. Oh, I thought you said uh, the Cubs were in that division. Oh, I th- no, no, they're okay. not. Okay, Atlanta's in the East again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got your. Sorry, yes. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah the best uh, team in the central, which is where Cincinnati? the Cubs are, is Cincinnati. Yes, at uh, five forty nine. Yeah, so still not great. No, but I saw a stat today: the American League Central. I don't think anybody there is over five hundred. And the stat was: if you just looked at their games against teams outside their own division. The division is like 80 games under 500. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Cleveland leads with a 500 record. Yes. So pretty rough. And everybody in the East, the American League East, I'm pretty sure is above 500. Yeah, Boston's at the bottom at two, uh, sorry, 527. Yeah. So yeah, they're all, uh, all have winning records. Yes. So it's a pretty good chance that all of the wildcard teams in the East could come, or in the American League, could come over the East. Well, they could, but yeah, uh, yeah it's. I think the uh, I had the standing looked at the standings recently, yeah. and it it showed. There's a team uh, in the West that's going pretty well. They come apart from the leaders. Texas, I think, is leading the West, but I think there's somebody else pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, right now, Toronto is in the top three of the wild card teams. Yes. And so, and then the next two are the Yankees in Boston. Yeah. I so know. that's that's their whole division. Yep, is is there right? Yep, right in the thick of it. Yes. Okay, that'll about do it for today's show, I believe. Yeah, we will be back next Monday to talk some more local sports on Post to Post. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.